0: Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry, with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray vote and engage they can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org we can all change america one heart at a time we are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community Each week we upload the audio recording of our weekly Psalms Bible study. This week we covered Psalm 52. To sign up for the Bible study, visit our website at christiansengaged.org and click on the Bible study tab.
1: Let's start with um, Psalms 52. I'm just going to read it. And then um, I'm going to let you share a few thoughts, Diana Lee, and then I'll share teaching. And then you can get us some other thoughts because I know you've got this was a crazy Psalm, man. Uh, My childhood was coming back up. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Okay. um, Psalm 52. Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. Your tongue devises destruction like a sharp razor working deceitfully. You love evil more than good, lying rather than speaking righteousness, say law. You love all devouring words, you deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy you forever. He shall take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living, say law. The righteous also will see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, here is the man who did not make God his strength and trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a, a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. Okay, before I turn it over to you, Diana Lee, I'm just going to lay the foundation here of what this psalm is about, because you're like, oh, my gosh, that sounds pretty intense. This, as we see in in your Bible, is a contemplation of David when Dagog, um, um, the Edomite, went and told Saul and said to him, David has gone to the house of Abimelech. Okay, let me lay the foundation here. When I was a little girl. I had these Bible story records. Yes, they were like vinyl, like all the young kids, like, right? Diana Lee thinks vinyl is so cool. Um, They were vinyl. And I had this Fisher Price um, record player. And there were probably 50 to 100 records off. That's my mom, how many records there were. But they were audio stories of the Bible acted out with music. And it was from my denominational church that I grew up in, created them. But, I mean, they were dramatic. I mean, these were the childhood Bible stories, and somehow I listened to them over and over and over again. I think I had them on records, and I had them on cassette tapes. I remember actually one time I was riding in my bike when I was in fifth grade. We were in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where we lived, and I actually was so into the story of David and Saul that I actually hit my bike into a parked car. I was listening to these dramatic Bible stories on well, this story is from 1 Samuel 21 and 22, where David goes into the tabernacle in nah, and he talks to the priest of Bimelech and he takes some holy bread from him and Goliath's sword as well. This is Goliath's sword that he defeated. Remember, he cut off his head. I mean, this is a pretty big sword, I'm sure. But this story was fascinating to me. And um, it really showed me that even though people look like they're strong, that there are moments when they're hungry and weak and they disregard the sanctity or the sacredness of a holy place. And they just need something. Right. And this was the case of David. He went into the tabernacle. He was hungry. He was weak. He was running away from Saul. And he had this moment where he just just asked the priest, I need something right now. The story gets even crazier when um diog i guess i'm saying his name right the edomite that works for king saul listen to this he's at the tabernacle right seeking god but he's one of king saul's like tops herdsmen and he oversees david he overhears david's conversation with a priest and he holds this juicy piece of information in his heart until the right time when king saul knows I mean, he knows that King Saul wants to take vengeance on David and he tells him, he tells him this story about what David did in the tabernacle with Abimelech. And what transpires is this brutal massacre of 85 priests by this man. I mean, he literally goes out and nobody else will kill the priests. And King Saul gives him permission to kill the priests and he massacres all these priests. And then goes ahead, and it says in 1 Samuel 22, 19, he kills the whole town, both the men, women, children, nursing infants, oxen, donkeys, sheep with the edge of the sword. I mean, my gosh, this is bloody, wicked, downright evil. And I remember as a child being so angry listening to this story, like anger just rising up in my heart. I was angry at David for going into the tabernacle and not esteeming this place as holy, right? And, and then not esteeming the place, not esteeming the priest, not esteeming the bread, um, even his own history with God in the killing of, of Goliath to not honor the sacredness of that sword. Um, I mean, here's, and then not only that, but then I'm really upset at this guy, Degog, or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Um how evil he was. I mean, this is like Hitler kind of evil, right? Just utter evil. And then David finds out about this destruction caused by this man and Psalms 52 is written. That's the context. Psalms 52 is written in that context. I mean, can you imagine trying finding out about a mass murder of holy men in a whole town And David feels remorse for what he did, his part in it. Um, But then he just, man, he really wants to just see this destruction of this guy, right? I mean, he just wants God's judgment to fall on him. That's Psalms 52. So anyway, I'll share more about that. But I wanted to set that context uh, before Diana Lee gives gave you a hard psalm, Diana Lee. I'm sorry about that.
2: Well, it's okay. I um. You know, when I was reading it, I definitely thought of when someone does wrong to you, you just want the worst out of the worst. And I think that's where David was coming out of in 52. Uh, But then you're reminded that you are a Christian and that you need to love as Jesus loved. And uh, yesterday, I was definitely taught that by my pastor yesterday, um, that no matter how bad someone has been to you, you got to love back as Jesus loved. Um, but going into fifty two I definitely think it's a human in us that wants us to um love evil more than love as Jesus loved, and um yeah that that's for right now i'm so sorry i'm I'm still like trying to um dive into it uh because it was a lot. <laughs>
1: No, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, and David says in Psalm, in first Samuel 22, um, you know, I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me. Do not fear for he who seeks my life, seeks your life, but with him, with me, you will be safe. And he's talking to, um, Abathar, who is, uh, the priest of Bimelech's son who runs away from this massacre and he i mean david is remorseful for what he's done which is really not esteem the tabernacle of the lord the way he should have but i want you to see this in verses one through four he says why do you boast in evil O mighty man i mean he's talking to uh degog okay he's making fun of this mighty man he's not really mighty um, because he's just killed innocent people, and he but he's what he's doing is he's somehow trying to find the goodness of God in even this horrible situation, right? And this is the old the age old question. I mean, I, literally, I gave you the hardest psalm in the book, I think, girl, as a twenty one year old because this is the age old question. How is God good after people have been massacred? right? How is God good? If people die in a Holocaust or children are dying in Africa um, or people are dying in wars, how is his goodness displayed? And I want us to see the difference, though, between um, God allowing horrible things in a fallen, sinful, wicked world, right? God is a there is a fallen, sinful, wicked world that we live in that when we look at the news every day i mean we just saw this week um i just think it was like, like last 24 hours some people horrible people dying in a in a fire in the bronx right i mean that doesn't make sense um god doesn't enjoy sickness disease or destruction i mean he does not enjoy when his created beings Um, People that are created after him destroy one another, right? He ultimately mourns and weeps, um, but he's ultimately going to judge. Um, Romans 118 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Let me just say the judgment of God is coming, right? He's coming back, Miranatha. He's coming back. Um, and verse five of Psalm 52 says, God will likewise destroy you forever. He will take you away and pluck you out of your dwelling place and uproot you from the land of the living. I mean, my gosh, that's pretty harsh, right? Now this is not in the Bible. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Still getting over this flu. This is not in the Bible, but in Jewish rabbinical teachings, they document that Degog um, actually died of leprosy. I mean, that that's pretty bad judgment on this world and the world after. Um, and and then I will spell out one more thing that David talks about: this deceitful tongue that he talks about in verse four. In verse four, I mean, this sounds like um, the book of James, right? Um, Degog had a here. He was quote unquote, seeking the Lord in the tabernacle, right? He overhears this conversation with David and the priest. And then he takes his tongue and because of his pride and his jealousy and his anger towards David, um, that leads to his own destruction. I mean, that's a sobering thought, right? Um, James three says, indeed we put bits in horses, mouths, that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are at large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. I mean, that is a sobering word to us to watch what we say. Diana Lee, did that speak to you at anything? As far as how we communicate and how we talk about others,
2: I think so. I think when we especially as a young person, you know, and with the power of social media, there's a lot of things that what we say will be come back and used against us many times um and especially in the world I work in in government and in politics, anything you say can and will be used against you. Instead of the court of law, in the court of life. (laughs) Yes, it will be. And, And with that, you know, as Christians and as we continue this life, we need to watch what we say because words are hurtful, but we also are representations of God and we are representations of what we learn from the Bible. Yes. And
1: it's so important for us as believers to watch what we say and watch, you know, um, Jesus said that out of the mouth proceeds what's in the heart. Right. And that is a a huge thing. I mean, we can see out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our heart is going to come out. And it definitely came out in this man. I mean, his jealousy, his pride, It came out and and he used it for mass destruction, right? But David's pointing back, even though this looks like a horrible, horrible thing. I mean, we can't even imagine, right? I can't even imagine singing a psalm of praise to God after hearing of this mass destruction of holy people, right? But uh, look at verses 6 and 7. It says, The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, here is the man who did not make God his strength and trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. There's a a picture here of what we see in Psalms 2. Remember when we studied Psalms 2, those of you who have studied Psalms 2 is one of my favorite chapters, especially for right now in the season we're in. But God sitting in the heavens and laughing at the destruction of the wicked. Now, that makes no sense to our natural mind, right? But what David's calling us here to is to raise our eyes past the wickedness and the evilness of our time and see the rulership of God over all the evil of the earth. God is not moved by wickedness. He is so good. He is so worthy of our trust. Um, he is not moved by all this. And so we have to raise our eyes past what we see in the natural to see into the supernatural. Right. And then David goes on to talk about himself. Right. I mean, he really starts identifying his identity. And I want to focus in on this right now for the end of this But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise you forever because you have done it. And in the presence of your saints, I will wait on your name for it is good. Olive trees are one of the sturdiest trees in Israel. And David's declaring that even though he might not have done everything right, even though he might have had a part in some of this destruction, God's mercy is enough to redeem him. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I had had a little part of 85 or more people being killed, I think that would have potentially taken me out. I mean, like the, the depression, um, the the pit of despair that that might cause us to think that we had any part in that, right? Right but David's raising his eyes and saying, God, I'm going to trust in your mercy. Your mercy is greater than even my own failure. You have made me a, a sturdy tree. And man, that is such a Word for us right now, guys. Um, When we feel like we fail, when we feel like we have uh, seeped into anxiety or depression or fear, um, lift up your eyes and ask God to give you new eyes of who you really are in Christ, right? Um, Diana Lee, how does that encourage you, man, that God sees past our mistakes?
2: I have definitely had a very tough semester personally. And Recently, I've been reminded of this, of my failures and my shortcomings are okay in his eyes because he is merciful to me and merciful to anyone. Um, and as long as, we, as long as we state what we were wrong of and we start to fix from what our failures were and start to work in his favor and work in what he wants us to do, um, we will be redeemed as individuals.
1: Amen. We studied last week about what true repentance looks like and the turning away, right, of of from our sin to God. And it's really just looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And we talk about on this Bible study a lot that we can't fix ourselves. But man, when we put our eyes on Jesus, um, he he his grace his empowering. Grace is what comes in and changes us from the inside out. Right. And I know and, you've seen that in your life.
2: Yes. And it does help when someone does wrong to you because you have been forgiven by him. It gives you the strength and the power to be, to forgive others through him yes. for their longings or their shortcomings. And I think as a young person and very interesting time for me, uh, it's definitely been helpful to remember that and to be reminded by that. That yes, everyone everyone is a sinner and we're always going to have shortcomings, but his mercy and his graciousness helps us be redeemed and we should continue that onto others.
1: Well, what David's doing here is he's defining himself not by his sin. He's right. defining himself by the mercy of God, right? So when he calls himself a green olive tree, he's actually saying, man, I am much sturdier than I think I am um, because of the grace and the mercy of God. Right. Because I trust in the mercy. He's not just saying God's merciful. He's saying he trusts in the mercy of God forever and ever. There is a difference. We can see a merciful God and not acknowledge our need for him. There's people walking around all day long on our streets of America that think they're good people. And they think God in his mercy is just gonna let them in, regardless of what they do, right? But what David's saying is here is I trust in the mercy of God. I'm putting my trust in him. And that's what the born-again experience is about. And I know that's what you've experienced in your life and what so many people need right now is that that new beginning, that new born again experience where they're walking in the mercy of God. And that's what makes us strong. And that makes us have new eyes to be able to, man, trust in God in the midst of what looks like a turbulent time, right? Correct. Correct. What are some other things that keep you strong girl in your day-to-day life? You have been, you've gone through some health issues. You've gone through some just challenging times this last few months.
2: Uh, definitely my support system that I've had. I've, you know, I, you can only do so much in your personal self, but sometimes it's okay to reach out to other people. And I reached out to you. I reached out to many other mentors and uh, friends during all these times and just constant prayers and constant good words and reminding yourself that you already healed. You already healed. This illness has already gone over you and there's going to be, there's a light, there's always going to be a light. And just the constant reminder of that helps help me through all, all this craziness that I had.
1: Yes. our um, One of our area leaders, Audrey, just wrote an article that's up on our blog. Um, you guys can check it out. It's called um, What's the Report? Is it Fear or Hope? And she details out the story of Joshua and Caleb. And, and it was so powerful to me. I got to edit it for her. And I was reading it thinking she she says, you know, Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land. <laughs> Excuse me. They went into the promised land and they're looking around and they either saw uh, extremely big grapes or extremely big giants. And that just hit me. I'm like laughing. I'm going, that's right. Are we seeing extremely big grapes or extremely big giants? It's really about our perspective. How big is our God? And uh, and so Psalms 52, as kind of morbid as it is. is to raise our eyes that God's mercy is, is greater and his goodness is greater than even the worst destruction, even the worst things that we can figure and think about. Um, you know, God's mercy is so needed in this hour. And so um, I just want us to raise our eyes again today that God is so good. Regardless of the circumstances, he is good, guys. He is good. Regardless of how you feel, he is good. Right. And if you're not feeling good right now, if you're listening to this and you are, you know, like me, like dealing with sickness or you've got COVID right now, um, feed your spirit. God is good. He is good. He is going to see you through this. He will not forsake you. Right. And um, and that's so important that we stay strong in that message. So, Diana Lee, you're awesome. I love you, girl. I love you, too. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Well, do you want to just pray over us a little bit and then I'll, I'll close us out in prayer. Sure. Okay. All right. I'm proud of you, girl. Thanks for coming on this today.
2: Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. You're awesome. All right. Heavenly father, I want to thank you today for just the many blessings that you have given us in the short time of the new year, Lord. I ask that every illness, every issue, every, mountain someone is going through or is trying to overcome, you are with them. And they they know you are with you. You are with them. Lord, I ask that you continue to just remind Christians all over the world of all the destruction and everything that may be going on. You are there. You are good. You are being the good God that you are. And just have... Remind Christians to keep the faith open of what the goodness you will bring soon. to Yes. Come. Yes, God.
1: God, we just declare your goodness and your mercy over every person listening to us right now. God, as I disagree with Diana Lee that no sickness is too big. No anxiety or fear is too big for you. God, know um, when we look out at the world and we see injustices, God, when we see evil, when we see wickedness, God, help us like David to turn our eyes to you, God, and not focus on that. I mean, I can't even imagine what David was experiencing watching that utter destruction of those priests in that town. But, God, you gave him the fortitude to look to you and call upon your mercy and your goodness, And God, we look to your mercy and goodness. What an example to us right now in this hour. God, we are not experiencing anything near um, that kind of destruction. But Lord, we just, um, we look to you, God, even in the things that seem just out of balance, out of control. Like we don't even understand some of the forces in the world today, Lord, um, God, you're, you're working. You, you're going to bring judgment. You're going to bring justice and you're going to bring mercy um, and that mercy triumphs over judgment. God, we just declare that over our lives, specifically that mercy triumphs over judgment. Lord, your mercy. We trust in your mercy right now. Lord, we trust in your mercy for our own lives, our own families, our own um, country, God, for this nation, Lord. We trust in your mercy, God. We cry out for your mercy in this moment in history, God. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord. Let us be the ones that look for your mercy, that look for your mercy, that cry out and believe for your mercy over people's lives and over this nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, girl. Well, love you so much. Um, I just want to remind people that we've got a lot of things going on. Um, It seems like it does not make sense for us to be going to Washington, D.C. for March for Life. But we're taking a team to D.C. in the middle of vaccine mandates in the city of Washington. I mean, in the middle of what looks like craziness. Uh, I feel like never before we need to be in the streets of D.C. for the March for Life on January 21st. And so we're having a breakfast that we're hosting, Christians Engaged. And I'll have some big news um, about who we might be partnering with um, for that breakfast soon. But we're going to have members of Congress out at that. And we're going to march for life and believe God for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I believe that we have a chance of this being our the last national March for life. If Roe v. Wade is overturned by the Supreme court, then we'll be having, you know, marches in, in our States as it turns into a state issue. State by state, we'll have to deal with how they're going to deal with the pre-born, but, um, it is time like never before for Christians to stand up and be bold and courageous and not be afraid of cancel culture and not be afraid to stand up, up for what's right. So um, just if you feel any kind of unction to come to D.C. with us, reach out to Shelly, Shelly at Christiansengage.org. She'll give you all the info. We'll have a group that's actually going to hang out together Um, I know Pastor David Halverson, who's on this call right now, one of our board members is coming with us. And so um, just know that God's moving and we all have decisions to make about how we're going to respond. I was listening to uh, Eric Metaxas the other day or last night just talking about the subtleness of if we don't speak up in the moments where we feel like we need to speak up, um, the subtleness of how that starts continuing to keep us quiet. So. Even in places where you feel like, oh, man, is this important for me to speak up right here? If God's urging you to speak up, you better speak up and be obedient. Otherwise, that little still small voice that's reminding you to be bold and speak up um, might get you know, a little quieter. So um, that was a real um, impactful um, word for me last night as I was listening to Eric talk about that that, you know, we have decisions that we're all making day to day on how we're responding to what's happening in our nation. So be bold and courageous. And we love you guys. And we'll see you next Monday. Diana Lee, pray blessings over you and your work. And I'll see you soon, girl.
2: Yes. We'll see you soon. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Blessings, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, our biweekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.